0: This is something I've seen in my own life, and I'm going to ask you, do you find that sometimes you you lash out at the people that are closest to you that don't deserve to be lashed out at?
1: This guy, all mm-hmm. the time. He gets, he gets the worst parts of me all of the time. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. the only one really that I lash out at, though. But
0: you, th- you think that maybe is because you trust him above anybody else?
1: Or- mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to leave just because I'm being –
0: Myself in that moment. I don't know what you're going to say right there. So, yeah.
1: Well,
0: you
1: know. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rated G.
2: Yeah. Or PG.
1: Yeah, PG. Yeah,
2: that. What do you have to say to that, Mitch? Uh, I, I think she, she realizes that I know where it's coming from. Hey there, all you beautiful people.
0: I hope you all are well. Valerie is uh, sitting this one out today as I am interviewing some special guests via the interwebs. Um, Our guests are husband and wife Mitchell and Deanna Leon. Uh, Deanna was part of the church where Valerie and I first worked right after Bible College Greenhorns. Uh, There Mitchell and I also became acquainted Um, however before any really deep friendship could be cultivated, Valerie and I left the church and most of uh, the contact between us ultimately ceased. Good news, though. Good news. Our families have reconnected and I'm excited to introduce these guys to you today. I, uh, I feel like their story is unique as uh, Mitchell was raised in a more moderate evangelical flavor of the Christian faith, while Deanna grew up squarely inside Baptist fundamentalism from day one. Uh, We're going to talk a lot about that. We're also going to talk about uh, past hurts, awkward stories, funny stories too, double standards, broken spirits, and an overarching distrust of churches, church leaders, And we even discuss the wrestling of belief in God at all. I don't even feel like I need to say this, but alas, I'm going to say it anyway. This is going to be good, folks. You do not want to miss this one. Hang on to your hats. This is the Daylight and Dark Podcast. What's up, Mitch? What's
2: up, Deanna? How was, your, how was your weekend? What did y'all do? Oh, I bought a 300-gallon cattle trough and made it into a swimming pool for kids. Okay. <laughs> and we've just been swimming every day. That's that it.
0: sounds redneck.
3: It's very it
2: redneck. Very redneck.
0: You know, we talked the other day and stuff. We said hi. I feel like together y'all have an interesting perspective because you, Deanna, were in and you, Mitch, were out. I guess that's where I want to start is with you, Deanna. Let me give let me give a little bit of context for people that will listen to this that they've never met you, they've never met me. Um, right. So I was at your church, the church where you grew up. Now you you completely grew up there, right?
1: Yeah, like born and raised there.
0: Oh, okay. So before you even knew anything, you were there.
1: Yeah. It's all I ever knew.
0: Okay. So this was an independent fundamental Baptist church. And right. as a disclaimer, I, I know some people that listen to this are still in IFB and whatever. Um, this, none of this is going to be hate on any one denomination or whatever. Um, all we, all we can go on is our experiences. Right. Where we were right. Yeah. Um, now that being said, the more you open your ears and the more you listen, these things seem like recurring themes within this. Uh, You know, I'm sure you've heard a bunch of stories and Mitchell, you, you kind of being thrown into this. You've heard your own, you've heard stories too, I'm sure. Um, Oh yeah. uh, You know, and of course, you know, like we talked about the other day, you've been kind of a fly on the wall uh, in seeing, man, a lot of stuff, fallout uh, drama, man, probably loads of drama. Um, Oh, yeah. Your face says it all. Yeah. I wanted to ask you this the other day. You know, we knew each other. And in my opinion, whenever I this is I guess this is my opinion, whenever I felt like I was not a very good person. Um, I told you the other day that I don't feel like I really knew Christ. And I see the error of my way. From when I was back then, and I was very mature, very young, um, very materialistic and just had a lot of issues. But yet, for some reason, Mitch, you like you me and you seemed to get along a little bit. Now, why is that? Because you are a perceptive person. You know what? Why? Why did you allow me? Why did you want me in your circle?
2: Yeah, but. You never came across as being fake. Really even back then, oh yeah, even back then it I guess you I mean you reminded me of some of my other buddies that was that was one thing, and um I, I just never got that that fake that fake uh feel about you really yeah,
0: one of my biggest regrets from thinking the way that I thought back then, and we talked about this a little bit the other day and that is that I didn't allow anybody in, really in to see me back right. then. And so like talking with you just the other day, like I even, the, the feeling was amplified even more like, man, I wish I'd have gotten to know Mitchell better. I, I have a foggy memory sometimes, but I think I remember me coming to your house and were we like throwing axes or something?
2: No, we were I, we were shooting a bow and arrow. Bow, we were shooting a bow. Yeah, That's what it the was. The long bow. and I think I was just thinking about that that day. Now I knew I, I knew you worked at the church and you had to yeah. put on a show for certain yeah. people. Yeah. But when it was just me and you in the yard shooting that longbow, I kind of got a little feel like who you really were, and I start I started trusting you a little bit more. Really? Yeah.
1: I I think from the get-go, like, he felt like you were his people, even really? though you felt like you had a, you know.
2: Even though you were put on a show, and I, 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 I seen through that. I knew you had to do that for, you know, certain periods of time. But, but you
0: it, sensed something real even back then.
2: Yeah, I, I seen that, uh, what you could, what you could be. Now, I, I didn't know what you were, but for sure, you know, but, yeah, you know.
0: That really, really encourages me. I look back and I think about you and even other people from there. And I think, man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have not just kept in touch, but cultivated those friendships because now, you know, I'm in my, well, I think me and you are the same age. You're 36. Am I right?
2: In October, I'll be 36.
0: Okay. I just turned 36. So we're. No, No, you're not. You'll be
1: 36 in October.
0: I got to ask her all the time, man. I don't think about that stuff. All right. So Deanna. So you grew up in this. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember much of your childhood?
1: I remember most of it. We talked about it a lot this weekend after we yeah. had our, I mean, all of us had our first yeah, initial call. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do remember. a What was a that bit bit like? I mean, I didn't realize it was abnormal until I got much older at all. Like I, that was my normal. Every day was something involved with the church. Like, Sunday to Sunday. I went.
2: I'm sorry. Keep in mind, she was there when that preacher started that church.
0: So, from the conception of that whole um, yeah. enterprise and everything, the stories that I would get were from different people.
2: Mm-hmm. But I do
0: wonder if the stories that I got were a little bit jaded. Um, like, I only got bits and pieces of what I needed to hear, you know, to further on yeah. the ministry, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. so, but okay. you were, you were, you were young when he when when they started that church, is that what you're saying?
1: Right. Cause my parents followed him from
0: the
3: other
1: church that had right. split okay. and he started this one. So, I mean, <laughs> I think they even started going when mom was pregnant with me. So literally, Sooner so did, I was born. Did things
0: seem good for you as a child?
1: When I look back on it now, I don't it wasn't. But back then I thought this was I thought everything that I was going through was normal and everything that I had been told or whatever was normal. But now that I look back on it I'm like, "Oh, I'm not. Hmm. It might not have been that normal, but back then I thought it was okay." And I didn't realize that it wasn't until I got a
0: lot older. I was there for right at five years. The church that I came from, same same uh, type of church, maybe a little bit different flavor. We did not go in the summertime to camp after camp, after youth conference, after this, after that. And like that was my very first experience at the church. And being the youth pastor, it's not like, if I can say this, dang. like man, <laughs> this, we're so busy. We're going all these different places or whatever. And, but, but you grew up with that. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. all you knew.
1: Like every week of the summer was something involved. Like I said, with the church, but that was just my normal.
0: I mean. And Sundays like, were we very busy there. I remember that as the youth pastor being extraordinarily.
1: Yeah. Wake up bus, rail, bus Sunday route, Sunday school bus route in the afternoon yep. <laughs> it was a lot
0: yeah
1: and then Our, you, had- you know
0: we were talking the other day about um well I just lost my train of thought but we we were we were talking a little bit about what what it looked like there and like for the for me you just said it so Sunday morning bus route so it's your you're geared towards kids then mm-hmm. you go to and I, I just from my point of view straight off the bus route into teaching teenagers. So that's what I did then from teaching teenagers, you know, so that was 10 o'clock to ten forty-five or whatever, 11 o'clock. I'm getting the choir ready, leading mm-hmm. the choir, being the worship person, um, or whatever, a song leader, <coughs> choir person. And then, you know, just kind of assisting the pastor, but then it was back on the bus route, get back home, hopefully maybe get some lunch. Mm -hmm. but then come back just a couple hours later for prayer meeting, prayer practice, then go to Sunday night service, which was actually, I didn't realize it back then, but it was actually pretty late uh, for Sunday evening services even. And so like, and then most people go out to eat. And so like literally from Mm -hmm. what six or seven o'clock, you know, of course getting ready and everything, but let's say, let's say seven o'clock to like, 8.30 8.30 or 9 or maybe later mm. once you all got home like that was Sunday that was mm-hmm. that was of course we know that Sunday is not the Sabbath but we kind of look at it like the Sabbath it's the day of rest or whatever because we all get our right. things done on Saturday but that was not restful in no.
1: any way no not at all like it was exhausting and it's so hot in Mississippi so add that on top of it I was, yeah done by the end of the day yeah
0: Done. yeah and so now for me i love weekends now i used to hate weekends back in the day because it's like well saturday half your saturday i'm not gonna say it's screwed up because i'm not gonna say it's a bad it's a bad thing you know to go out and visit people or whatever when you're me and my wife are talking about this just this past week when you're expected to do something every single week you know, you go to the bus route thing or whatever. And when you're not there, it's like you're guilted because you weren't, you know what I'm saying? Like you weren't
3: there. Right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so like now, if you choose to go to church, something is simple to go to church. You choose to go to church or you choose to be involved in some ministry, like because it's on your time frame and you're not forced into doing that. To me, it's, it's special now versus used to, I would resent
1: that. I dread the day. Yes. I like I dreaded it. Mitchell we always called it soul winning, but Mitchell yeah. always calls it soul searching. And it cracks me up that he always worded it that way. But I dreaded Saturdays when we had to do that again, because that's like the second day after you visited, you have to go yeah. find more.
0: You could call and it soul winning.
1: Yeah. I was just like, okay, guys. See what <laughs> I I did there. Soul hold. winning,
0: soul searching, soul
2: draining. Yeah. I thought I'd be
1: Anyway. it's it,
3: no.
2: It's one
0: of those I got
2: things. a lot to say about that, but. It's not your turn. Okay. Well, you, well, jump <laughs> in. I'm so jump good. in. What, what do you have to say? <clears throat> okay, so, I mean, I get the reaching out to people, telling them about God, but it was almost like y- y'all were begging. You know what I mean? What do you mean? I don't know. I just, I didn't grow up with going door to door and they just came to y'all dropping kids off at random people's houses and trying to trying to you know yeah. I, don't, I don't know what what yeah. the details were like I don't know even what did y'all have like pamphlets or something
3: oh yes yes we have okay. the pamphlets
2: did y'all just hand them to them or did you y'all have to read them like what happened did y'all talk about the law it depends on what I, you're talking about if you're talking about yeah. bus
3: visitation like, yeah, bus visitation was
0: different. Bus that's visitation. A, exactly. You know, the we bus, go and they're fly. We drop these little flyers. We visit them, give the kids high fives, maybe give them the candy to bribe them to come to church. That's what bus visitation looked like.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Bribery. Yes. Yeah. That's the, and, uh, that, that's a word. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The bus route. I, I don't get that either. I mean, I know if somebody don't have a car and they're they're needing that, I don't get going. To, to a poor community because it's kind of like that's where you mainly go in poor communities. Yeah, and I mean I know that goes a lot deeper. And Deanna, uh, why are you so scared right now?
1: I don't know what he's gonna say. He's so honest, and I'm like, don't do it. So
0: hey, let me ask you a question. Okay, Mitchell. Mitchell said the other day that you had had an opportunity or maybe opportunities to go on some other podcasts or talk about some of this stuff. And you, you declined to do that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Big time. Why, but did, you, I, I, why
0: did you say yes to this?
1: Because I know you and Valerie and I trust, I trust you uh, and Valerie a lot more than the other people. Cause I didn't, I don't, they knew of me probably through other people, other churches or whatever, but I didn't know them personally and I didn't think uh, not that they would have put me in a bad light because I can do that all on my own, but yeah, <laughs> I think you would edit it out to make me not look like so, such a terrible. So
0: what you're person. saying is you don't you don't know other people. It's not necessarily a bad thing for them, but you just don't know them versus I don't know them. You you believe you think that I would not sabotage you. <laughs> right?
1: right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because in reality, the fact that you're here is potentially damaging to you. Like as far as it could cause a riff.
1: Yeah. in my family, like in tension. your family
0: and in your friends, because I'm sure you still have friends that are there and you
2: still have family that's there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But so, like I told, her, I told her last night, this is, I think this is good that she, it's almost like a therapy for
1: therapeutic to stop, let it all
0: out she needs to do that so you think it so so you must be a you must be a bottler then you internalize things mostly
1: and right until they come out in a very unhealthy way and then I'm like mm, I should yeah. probably work on that
0: do you um this is something I've seen in my own life and I'm gonna ask you do you find that sometimes you you lash out at the people that are closest to you that don't deserve to be lashed
1: out at this guy all the time he gets he gets the worst parts of me all of the time (laughs) and I sorry yeah just all the time he's the only one really that I lash out at though but
0: you you think that maybe is because you trust him above anybody else
1: I don't think he's gonna leave just because I'm being. Myself
0: in that moment. <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna say right there. So yeah.
1: Well, you know. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rated G.
0: Yeah, or PG.
3: Yeah, PG. Yeah,
2: that. What do you have to say to that, Mitch? Uh, I, I think she she realizes that I know where it's coming from. It so, Comes from past hurt. Yeah, because I mean, what? Most of it comes from one thing that happened. Well, I think it was a multitude. Of well, no, okay. Things. So we were, we were talking last night yep. about, and now. Watch.
1: We're going to
0: step on toast. Stop. I don't need to worry about toast. I'm worried about it. Um, <clears throat> share only what you're comfortable with.
2: So we're mm-hmm. talking last night.
0: I grew up in a
2: alcohol, an alcoholic. My dad's alcoholic. And I grew up in that kind of household like them fighting every night, all this. But he only whipped me one time. And that was one pad on the butt. Mm-hmm. And me growing up in that kind of situation. And then you hear her talk about how she mm-hmm. got Spank. spanked.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm like, the whole time she's talking to him, I'm like, that's abuse. And I'm not even against whoopings but like some of the stories i'm just like that makes no mm-hmm. sense but
1: they were trying to break my spirit
2: which mm-hmm. they got taught by
1: which was taught
2: in St. Right. baptist church right
1: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure he heard that growing up you have to break their spirit
2: which mm-hmm. that is it's the most abusive.
0: man i'm getting spirits. chills as y'all are talking about this like i'm
2: because It's just it's just me looking in. You know, she grew up with it, so she thought everybody's doing this. No, that we wasn't. You, you don't have to break a kid's spirit. And after you have kids, you're like, yeah,
3: I couldn't. You
2: can't get in that mindset of, you know, some of the stories that I've heard, It's unbelievable. And now I've been. I remember uh, being at the church listening to that preacher. Preach, and I remember him talking about like whipping all the time. It seemed like he was always talking about like whipping kids, and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just crazy, man. Because I didn't grow up. I didn't wait. I didn't grow up like that. And I was I was in a,
1: a rougher home than my than mine was.
2: Yeah, but yours was more abusive mentally. Yeah,
1: I mean, mm-hmm.
2: that's what's crazy about it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably,
2: maybe. I mean, I like like we, was, we talked about it a lot last night. Like I remember standing outside when I'm like seven years old, on my knees c- crying, holding my dad's leg, begging him to stop him drinking. Oh man. And him telling me, okay, I'm gonna stop. But you know, two days right. later he drunk again. Yeah. And and I thought that was bad. But like just She grew up more of a, it was like a more of a mental game.
0: So like on the outside, you would think, oh, well, this is a nice Christian church girl. So you would naturally, I guess, assume that her, you know, home life, childhood, like she's not as screwed up as I might be sort of thing.
1: Right.
0: Um, But maybe you had more problems than even he did.
3: (laughs) Maybe
2: <laughs> I think she did. She didn't. She didn't I, realize it until she got older, had her own kids, and yeah. When was the last time you went to church?
3: Uh,
2: about two years ago.
1: No, it's. I mean, I went once for mom for mom for Mother's Day. That's what she went on for her Mother's Day gift. But I yeah. don't think I've been to like actively going to church
2: and. And look, a it's a long time. It's not just the,
1: it's the,
2: no, that no denomination. It's any church at all. I'm not going. Which that's your story too. You yeah, that's yeah, fine.
3: fine. So, yeah.
2: okay, let me ask you this. So you said actively. So have
0: you not stepped in a church building in two years or you just have you visited or, yeah, or like mean, what?
1: I haven't visited anywhere. Okay. The only reason I went that one Sunday is because that's what mom wanted for her mother's day gift. So, How did you
0: feel that day? Did you feel like, Oh gosh, this is, or what, or what?
1: I, well, and I, yeah, it was not, it was, I was, I, my anxiety was through the roof. Hmm. I did not want to be there,
3: hmm.
1: but I did it. I got over it. And I, I mean, I, you know, but ever since that one Sunday, I,
3: Look. But before
1: that, I wasn't going either. It's been a while since I've been
2: yeah. in church. Her anxiety gets so bad; like she'll start breaking out and like rashes all over yeah. her hands, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. But uh,
3: yeah, but she has no urge to. No, have no desire
1: in it. That's a.
2: And it, it's all because when she got older, and all these bad things happened. She started questioning if everything she was taught growing up was real. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep.
0: Um, The game that when you start asking questions, especially when you come from that background, when you start asking questions, Mm -hmm. it can lead you – I think it actually has to lead you down to – Jordan Peterson, Mitchell, calls it the abyss. You have to look off into the abyss. And I think it has to lead you to some level of the abyss, uh, because you have to go down before you can come up. You have to. Um. Otherwise, you just have all this. It's just all screwed up. Um. And like on me and on, I don't. I don't know how many episodes that you've listened to of of the podcast. I think we were at number just like eleven. I think this is eleven. I can't remember it. Um. Me and Valerie both talk about. You know, we when we first moved up here. Like I knew that we weren't on, on good terms, you know, yeah. but I did not know that Valerie was thinking about leaving. Um, I did not know, you know, because I had, like I've told you before, I've had addictions and sins and selfishness and tried to fill the, you know, the evangelicals put it, and you probably heard this a lot, Mitchell, growing up, you have this God sized hole in your heart and only God can fill it. No, you know. And, and I I actually don't disagree with that. You know, it's it's pretty good metaphor, but that's, that's what I had going on is I had a need for God. Right. And I filled it with busyness in church. Like that was one big thing. I mean, it was like a black hole, you know, just busyness in church. And it's kind of like, you get this complex, like I'm busy for God. Hey, and look at me, I'm one of the servants of God. And preachers say, We're, you're the faithful few on Wednesday night. You're the fa- faithful few, the th- three to thrive. It's just like, you know, but what I don't know whether they knowingly or unknowingly advocated for was just a life full of busyness with no room to know the God that we all talk about. And so right. that was one thing for me. And then, of course, and this is what I was going through that when I was down there materialism was another thing. I mean, y'all, you saw, I was buying cars every few months or whatever, big ticket items. And I'd buy this and buy that. And, you know, I think that was going to be it and that didn't do it. Then I had my own addictions. Then I had selfishness and I had all these things and the whole time I didn't even realize I put my wife on the back burner and it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, and I can't say the IFB taught me this, but I know kind of how I felt. And I felt right. like, well, I've, I've ringed, I, I've ringed a wife. And so she's with me forever, no matter what. And so I can jolly, well do whatever the heck I want to do. And so, and that's right. exactly what I did. And so, you know, it, it's just all kind of neglect. And I didn't even know her, like <clears throat> me and her were just, it's funny. Y'all talked about how you were talking last night. We talked last night as well about, you know, our past and what things looked like back then. And, and I, I talked about how, we talked about how, it was one, it was one night on our house on uh, Firmwood road that we were, that we were renting when we moved out of our house that we had bought in Macomb. for the first time in my life, I let my wife in. And that's only because I had had so much stress and pressure and I did not know where to go. I did not know what to do. I broke down like a baby on mm-hmm. our little couch there in the living room. And I mean, it was awkward it was hard because, you know, me, man, you know, you, we, we don't, we don't talk about our feelings sort of thing. And I mean, but now I know that I'm a very emotional person. Naturally. I'm a very for a man. I'm very emotional. Um, I'm very anxious and I didn't know that before. Mm -hmm. I'm very creative and I have all these things I need to get out and go and do and talk about. And I just, you know, you're taught to just, you, you never, okay, I know you can identify with this, Deanna. You never question the man of God. No. He is the man of God. You don't ask any questions. Um, You be loyal to him. That's what I heard from Bible college, from high school, to Bible college on even there. You be loyal to the man of God. Even if he's wrong, you back him.
1: You don't want those she bears to come and get you. Yes.
0: Yes. Don't question the man of God. I did a TikTok (laughs) video. I did a TikTok video (laughs) on
1: that. Did like
3: you? I've never he's never, never
1: heard, heard that. that. Like he doesn't even know. What you what know the story. story? Uh, yeah, the story about the she bears. Didn't they like eat people for talking about the preacher for being well balls So that's
0: that's what's leveraged. Remember. It's it's a story. I think it's Elisha, right? Uh-huh. So Elisha apparently was like uh, me and you know um self and uh, he didn't have a lot of hair. And so a- these yes, dude, that's smooth. Look at that. We shaved it I did that. Yeah. I wish I could do that. But at this point, my head is shaped so funny. And <laughs> I've got like an egg on the top. It's just awkward. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe a toupee. But so anyway, the uh, the sheep, these kids are making fun of the of the prophet, right? And this prophet, Elisha, has a double portion on his spirit of Elijah. All that jazz, all that stuff. It's a very important man of God, blah, blah, blah. So these kids are making fun of him and they're making fun of who he is basically. And his position being the man of God, anointed of God. And they're talking about his baldness and they're making fun of him. Mm -hmm. Well, God sent some bears. It called the the King James says they're she bears. It's it's weird that it makes that it makes it, but anyway, uh, so whatever. Um, But anyway, so these bears come out, right. And they maul these kids. We don't know how many of them die, but I'm sure some of them died and some of them were mauled or whatever. So what happens, though, is pastors will take that and they'll be like, see, that's what the Bible says. It says, the Bible also says in Psalms, and I can't remember, maybe also in the Chronicles, I can't remember, but it says, touch not mine anointed, do my prophets no harm, or, and then they put the she-bear thing on. Or if you do that, if you question the man of God, then the bears are going to come out and they're going to, it's just kind of like, what kind of uh, fear-mongering scare tactic what is that uh, well, first of all you're assuming that you're like that you oh pastor of some church you assume that you're elisha is that what you're saying because yeah. like what so anyway yeah. that's the story and that's uh, yeah am i right or I am i wrong diana
1: no you're one thousand percent right like, 1,000%. But I'm
0: sure, Mitchell, you heard some of that don't question the preacher sort of thing, right? Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Heard I, heard not, I mean, not like y'all. I will say that.
1: I like it, your church. You heard I'm, that. No, I'm, maybe, talking about, I'm talking
0: about when you were going there. Like, when you're... Oh, when yeah, it, yeah, hey. yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. And I mean, yeah.
1: It was at least every other sermon.
2: Yeah, that and, was I mean, mentioned. and I mean, even... Okay, even if... A man in that church did something wrong, the preacher's gonna tell you to forgive him. Forget it. Forget. Him. That's what it just blows my mind. Even if
0: it's a if it's not, even oh, if, it's, if it's, it's not a small thing, even if it's a big thing. Oh, yeah. Well, right. I think forgiveness it, I would say forgiveness is the key to getting through a lot of things for sure. But when you have a conflict of interest. Y'all, see, y'all know where I'm going. When you have a conflict of interest and that and that person, let's say, is doing egregious things and they are leadership in the church and allowed to be that figure that people look to and they're chummy and everything, and they're not small things, when it's kind of like, oh, forgive him, but also coincidentally, these same people are, are, are also givers in the church and big givers, and that's not a secret. Like that's when you step have to step back. And if you're honest with yourself and ask, okay, how but how much of this is personal bias? And do you have a dog in this fight? Because it seems like you do. And it's not like genuine Christian love, like, oh, somebody. And also if you forgive somebody, there's a process in a church that you have to go through. It's not, hey, this person did this terrible thing. Y'all all all forgive them. Like you have to go to that person one-on-one, call them out face-to-face. Right. Then if they don't repent of that, you go with them with a couple of people. And then if they don't repent of that, then you go before the church sort of thing. And pe- man, we got that so screwed up. We got that so screwed up because a lot of times what you see, and I don't know that I ever saw this and maybe you did Deanna. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing this, but I've heard stories. Um, one of the podcasts I advocate listening to is the church split um, because he, he came from this same background or whatever. And he talked. He, he just did an interview with a lady and talked about how this girl became pregnant out of wedlock or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And immediately she's brought before the church and talked about or whatever. And matter of fact, the girl wasn't even there. She like, they brought her, they brought her before the church and talked about this and did all this stuff or whatever. And it's like, y'all, this is not, mm-hmm. I sent y'all, there's something there. Is there something you want to say to that?
1: The same thing, now my sister wasn't pregnant, but the same thing happened to my sister. Oh, really? If if you're going the way I think you're going, yeah. like did they like voter out of the church?
2: Did I mean Keep did that out, happen? Right. Yeah. You didn't know about that.
1: <laughs> See that's that's one of those
0: things. I don't remember if I if I heard it or if it was kind of like you got bits and pieces. Mm-hmm.
3: You know who she was
2: married to, right? I'm not saying that. Oh, oh right. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That family.
1: Also, but so was mine.
2: At the time. Yeah, y'all both big in it, but. Big tippers. You got What was the exact reason they gave her?
1: She was living in sin. Oh, yeah. So they voted around the church. She wasn't even there.
0: But, oh, yeah. man, so same type thing. She wasn't even there, and they did that. Oh, okay. man. It, I mean, it's all cringy, yeah. right? You know, right. but at least have the common decency to, to face-to-face, at least have that. Right, oh it was man, crazy, and there's no telling what that did to her. I mean, I'm sure you know, but man, yeah, I, I didn't mean, I know her so.
1: I mean, she was already full of resentment because her marriage had fallen apart, you know, yeah. and she was thrown into a world that she didn't know anything about oh. after that happened. Oh, man. so yeah. I,
0: so she was, the real, real world.
1: yeah, the real world. When she got thrown into the I, real
0: world, I don't mean this probably the way it sounds, but I'm sure she was very lost. Like, just oh, like, yeah. what do I, I mean? What is life now? Because,
3: yeah.
0: you know, and I'm sure she had her own uh, growing pains and bitterness, and, you know, she did. Man, uh, I don't know really what to say to that because, uh, you yeah. know. I, it, it,
2: it was never the guy's fault, though. Oh. Forgive and forget.
0: <laughs>
2: and that seems to be a theme.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Ever since I've been, I went there. <laughs> so, yeah. Unbelievable. So, Deanna, when oh, did you start
0: seeing the cracks? When, in, is, is that when you were a teenager or or what? When did you start seeing, like, okay, wait, this is not normal.
1: I think it was, I was probably a teenager. I, I mean, like probably around 15. Cause that's when I started questioning, like, okay. Sorry. Questioning what? He's about, like we have to obey everything wholeheartedly that the man of God, the leader of our church is saying. So why are, are you letting me go to Disney world? Because he is so against Disney world but we can break that one rule, but we're not supposed to.
2: Can't go to the movies though.
1: Can't go to the movies, mm-hmm. but we can go to Disney world, even though he has preached many sermons about being against Disney. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started like questioning things like, okay, why are we allowed to break the rules that are convenient for our family? And, and so like we would
0: just break it, but not even really talk about that it was or just, just break it and go on. Or would you like, try to keep it a secret, or would you just be you know, like, "Hey, it know. was okay," or what?
1: No, we really keep it a secret. Now she didn't like announce it from the. <laughs> it.
0: the herefore, it's for we are going now to the Orlando to the Disney's. I, mean, I therefore make an announcement. Wilt thou sign this constitution? Therefore, proving our trip.
1: I mean, it wasn't Sorry. anything like that, but yeah, we never, I never questioned. I mean, but so there were, reasons. there
0: were, there were obvious inconsistencies when you'd be like, okay, no, but this is wrong, but we're right. doing it. But then these other things, it's like, no, that's wrong, wrong. And we do not do that.
1: Right. Like, no, you have to listen to what's being said right here, but Disney don't worry about it. We're still going to go. He's not right. But I'm like, oh, my. Well, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: Gosh. Oh, man.
1: Like, There's so okay.
0: much
2: irony
1: right here. So, I mean, it was, I think that's when I started questioning things, and that's when.
2: I think I opened her up to a lot, too. Like he did? We would go to another Southern Baptist church after we got married. Yeah. Yeah. And it would blow her mind just how how much, how, how different it, it was. <laughs> yeah. You could wear pants, man. Oh,
1: <gasps> pants. Look at yeah,
2: and man, they were wrongs. I was like, nobody judged you. God, the and God still liked you <laughs> with pants on,
3: right? He did. He did.
0: Yeah. I always think it's funny how we focus on pants. It's like, what do you you mean to not wear pants? I mean, what <laughs> you know, you mean not wear pants? So, yeah,
3: do would have been
0: enough. Right. I have said this about Valerie. I know on the podcast, and I I, I say it all the time when somebody gives me an opportunity, Valerie was the man. She was the, the most crucial element of me thinking outside of the box and seeing things like that initial mm-hmm. night. I told you that I, I broke down for the first time in my life. And I guess we'd been married. Let's see. We left in, Oh, what year was that? Oh no, it was 13, 2000, summer, 13, summer 13 that we left. And so it was probably either the first part of that year or the end of the, of that last year. So maybe 2012 when I broke down, but it was then that I started letting her into some of my questions and she had way more questions and she's way more analytical and way more philosophical Mm -hmm. and deep than I ever was. I was very, very surface, I would say, but she began to talk about some of these things and it wasn't like, you know, Oh, come to the dark side. And I think a real and, and I know that probably sounds funny, but I think that's how some people view her because she was never really accepted at the Bible college that that I was at. She wasn't ever one of the mm-hmm. one of the in crowd or whatever. So you know, she thought no, and she didn't really ever pretend much. Like she may have had that face, but mm-hmm. she didn't ever pretend much at all. Like in, in you know, Deanna, like you you didn't really cross valerie like you didn't no. i mean no. you could ask questions but you're almost scared to because of how she was perceived and it's like this stoic woman could be the death of you
1: <laughs> right you like, know that, yeah i know I, i've told mitchell stories about on miss valerie
2: yeah yeah so, he okay. never
1: thought it he never thought those things would happen
2: the ice cream store
1: oh gosh do you remember that we were at youth camp and this oh yeah I know where you going
0: now go ahead
1: yeah was very touchy-feely with you and valerie came after her with that ice cream and i ain't she did a little back so what happened what do you mean like, like what did she do what was ice cream i don't remember what happened i re, uh, the only thing i remember seeing i think the the teenage she may not have been a teenager she was probably a little older but she um like I said, it was very flirty. I think she was even touching you. I think she was putting like ice cream on you. And Valerie was mm. like, Not today, sister. And what did she do? She had an ice cream cone and like literally slapped it against that girl's head and just looked oh. at her. And I'm like, Oh, man, oh. that's great. Yeah,
2: that's
1: lovely. She man. stood up for her man. She wasn't going to let no hoochie coochie come after you. Mm-mm, what happened?
0: <laughs> that's great. I didn't, I, I don't guess. I think in the middle of all that, I kind of blocked it out like, oh man.
1: You were like, oh. I'd never seen her get so angry. And I'm like, where is So, did right this then going? and there,
0: you probably made a mental mark and said, I was like, not crossing no, that I, one. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh man. Mm-hmm. I, well, Valerie has been an instrumental uh, tool, is not the right word. When I broke down that first night, like we started talking back and forth. And for the first time we started cultivating. It's so funny because we'd been married for years at that point. Right. But we started mm-hmm. cultivating our marriage for the first time. Right. And like for the first time I realized I have a person in my corner. Like I don't have to just block everyone out and just be loyal to the preacher. Like at that point I had thought, well, the man of God, he is my person. Right. No question that. Oh. But like, I remember being like, oh gosh, this is, and i expressed how I was feeling, got all that out. And so that started the journey, right? Not out of the Mm -hmm. woods yet, right? Still had issues of my own. But for the first time, it was like, there's a little bit of light out there. And and, Mm -hmm. and light just represents hope. It's like, oh, you know, there's something. and at that point I didn't realize that we needed to start questioning, leaving the whole thing but which right that led to that you know um so but you that's that's why i'm saying that i guess is because what you said about mitchell and i don't know what you opened her up to mitchell but that's that's kind of what happened with me
1: he just opened me up to like a normal life i mean yeah he's he's done a lot of like normal firsts with me like like what like, first, I'd never, what was I'd never been to a concert. So he'd taken me to my first concert. I had never, there was a lot of things that people think would be normal. And I'm like, I've never done that. And so he's like, well, let's go do it. All right.
0: You question, should have
1: this experience.
0: Question. My first movie I ever went to was when we moved up here at twenty. 28, 28, I think. 28 years old, first movie ever, now I've rented a bunch, I mean, Blockbuster wasn't, that's that's what's weird, is that you could rent the same movies from Blockbuster, but don't go
1: to the theater,
0: but yeah, that's, but there's some hypocrisy irony there, but, you know, I remember going up to the theater, and like, we had, I purposed, okay, we're gonna go to a movie, you know, because we had Mm -hmm. thought, I thought a lot, like, what's the difference, right, But even then, walking up to that movie theater for the first time, like I remember my eyes getting really big, and like I was preparing for the fireball, right? Right. Fall down from heaven, consume the movie theater, leave a crater, and then, you know, there'd be a marker, this is where Josh Westmoreland broke the law.
3: All Right. Yeah.
0: So did you ever have those guilty feelings, like right as you were leading up to something in middle, like, oh gosh, or did you just... Embrace it.
1: Well, I mean, I kind of always had like the, well, how do I put it? Not the personality, like the, what's the word? Free spirit? No, like the, what people thought of me. Like everybody already thought I was such a rebel. So I was like, eh, yeah, may as well live up to that name. And right. so, no, I never really felt like, I, now when I was at Bible college, I felt that way. Cause I was, I, at that point, I was trying to like fix all that. So, the oh, first time, you yeah. went to the same. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. about
0: that.
1: Yeah, so like okay, I went to the movies when I was there, which was a big no-no. <laughs> so did you get caught? That no, I didn't get caught, thankfully, but because I did it a couple times. But I also, I mean, I remember that being the only time like me getting super, so super nervous like scared something bad was going to happen because i was doing
0: right but it wasn't necessarily because of god you just kind of no, thought well no. if i get caught here then you know somebody is gonna rat me out or whatever and i'll be in trouble right. and then yeah so it was that sort of thing
1: uh, i never i mean i probably did
0: what's the first movie thing? you watched in a the theater me yeah because i remember mine specifically
1: Oh gosh. Well see, my parents started let, like it being okay when I was like around 17. Oh, like, I didn't the realize that. Okay. Because I was paying for it myself. They weren't gonna fund it. But
0: right, but you could do the Deanna thing and
1: yeah, like if you want to use your money for sin, go ahead.
0: Right. Mine was Frozen. That was my first movie I ever watched.
1: Frozen. Nice, yeah. nice choice. I joy. learned
0: um let it go. So
1: yep.
0: and ironically. That is it, it's so funny because let it go. I don't know, I hate it. And now it's going to be stuck in my head the rest of the day, maybe yours too. But, um, I yes, remember that being sort of metaphorical to where I was at in life, like, yeah, you know, uh-huh. um, right, it was like, okay, well, let, let it get let what go, or let all that stuff. And it's kind of like, oh man, I don't know if I can, but right, maybe you need to. You know, if you're going to grow, if you're going to grow at all, you're going to have to. So Right.
3: Just let it go. Yeah.
0: So, all right, Mitch. So, fly on the wall here. Your first visit, flags went up, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know how to say this. It was, it was almost, it felt like I was getting, a, it was a scam. <laughs> first visit there.
1: Good
2: con man. Yeah, yeah, he's a good con man. And then he he bore on me, and I started thinking, okay, maybe I was wrong. I was wrong, but I I, will come find out. I will start (laughs) out.
0: Well, uh, you know, when you hear when when the we just talked about it before, I don't want to really run the rerun the rut, but we talked about the trusting the man of God, the man of God. And Mm -hmm. I have a problem with that title. I don't don't like that title. And I don't like people that assume that title on themselves. Like when you say, Hey, I am a man of God. Like, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Right. Because man, you could borderline, you could borderline say that that right there is blasphemy. Because people talk about, and I remember preaching about this, and I don't really know where I fall on it, if I'm honest. When people talk about, okay, well, one of the 10 commandments is, thou shalt not take the Lord thy God, thou shalt not take uh, the name of the Lord the God in vain, right? And so when somebody says, oh, my God, or, you know, oh, Lord, or whatever, it's kind of like, well, that's vain. Okay, well, maybe, maybe. Um, but when you, you, I think this is so much worse. When you use the name of God as a leveraging tool, to get people to trust you, especially when you yourself are doing that for malicious, ma- controlling purposes.
2: Control. I don't up.
0: know. I don't know how much worse you can get, man. All right.
1: Agreed. One thousand <laughs> percent.
0: Because, like, I mean, I, you know, if you if you stack those two things together. Two things, um, one you know, beside each other, like, okay, well, on one side is the common person that says, OMG, you know, or whatever. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, all right. Well, maybe let's talk about that. Maybe that is in vain. But then you put it beside somebody who's using the name of God for malicious intent and controlling purposes. And they throw out terms like man of God and be loyal to man of God. And they're the ones saying that. Like, it's one thing if a lay person says, hey, you need to trust that guy. That's one thing. But if you yourself, and you're stepping behind a pulpit and you're saying, hey, trust the man of God. Oh, and by the way, I am the man of God. Like, dude, do -hmm. you realize how much like the the New Testament Pharisees you sound? Exactly. I
1: mean, it's a power grab. Yeah, power grab. Good one.
0: So it's no surprise when somebody, it's to me, it's I guess, have you ever listened to the RFP? You ever listened to the Recovering Fundamentals podcast? Uh-huh. All right, you need to take a listen to that, especially you, Deanna. Um, like, okay. it's gotten to be a big podcast, but a lot of this kind of stuff is what they – but it's called the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. So you you heard it first here, but you need to listen to that. So, um, man, I forget where I was going. But the. I guess the, I guess the main thing is, you know, when somebody – is you, is, is leveraging God's name for power Mm -hmm. or they're leveraging. I heard this too. Maybe you heard this too. Uh, People talk about the will of God a lot in those circles, like the will of God, the will. And it's not even really, I think this is funny. It's not the will of God. It's like the will of God, will of God, will of God, like the man of God or the house of God. And it's all (laughs) a God house. of God. It's like, stop, you know, stop. Um, Talk like a normal person. But anyway, um, So, like people utilize the will of God, and he's like, Well, the will of God is that you go to Bible college, or the will of Mm -hmm. God is that you do this. The will of God is kind of like, Bruh, you don't know the will of God for my life. Stop that. And like, I don't know if you know it for your life. (laughs) So I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff there, there's a lot of baggage. Um, so Mitchell, you saw all that outside in, you know, what, what was becoming your assessment of this, the further, so y'all dated for how long, by the way? Two years. Oh, so you, so were you like trickling in and out or were did you go there faithfully or what during that time? Yeah. We're we're going every week. Sometimes on Wednesday nights. So what became your overall feeling? You said you started to trust, right? So, what became your overall feeling about all this? And you heard things that you thought, that's off the wall crazy. Like, did you express that to
2: her or did you leave it alone? Oh, no, I, I've i never had a filter. I, I was talking bad about it from day one, right? Yeah. And when it wasn't me starting to trust the, the church. I'm just talking about that preacher, you know? Yeah. I always I knew something wasn't right with the rules and – certain other areas of that church um, I guess I don't know if this is how I grew up but i I've been pretty good I, I'm pretty good at reading people mm-hmm. when I first see them and all that I guess it's the way I grew up I had to I had to know somebody's to good it. right mm-hmm. yeah um, and I mean I, I just it was red flags all over the place. But I just went with her because she was pretty, and I wanted to marry her. <laughs> you liked <that? laughs> it? Uh, was, I, was, I was chasing it, chasing the prize, man. Yeah. Thanks. You got it. <laughs> I know. I got a mean. little brownie points right there.
1: Yeah. That's the reason why you said that.
2: She's pretty. So.
0: <laughs> She's pretty. <laughs> so you mm-hmm. got you got hitched and stuff.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um you know, of course, I was in your wedding and I still I even I guess you answered the question earlier. But I, I, I do wonder, like, I didn't let you meet. You know, we talked about this earlier. I didn't let you in as as a I'd say a close friend. But you felt enough of a bond with me to put me in your wedding. And like now I think, man, what an what an honor that anybody back then would have let me in there. But you chose to let me in your circle. Even though I didn't really fully let you in, mine.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I seen, I seen a good guy. You know, I mean, I couldn't. There's nothing that threw up red flags about you. Yeah. You know, even, even I knew that you were putting on the front for church, yeah. but yeah. even just talking to you, I, you know, I felt like everything was real. Mm. Which it, you're saying it probably was. But even when you're, I'm trying to learn this. Right, I,
0: I don't know how. That, that's what I. I that's what I, I mean. I asked you that earlier. I don't know how to, how to reconcile that in my mind. You know, because I see me from back then, and I see a shadowy. not shadowy is not the right word, but like somewhat of a fake person.
2: You know, that had to put on a front. Um, yeah, yeah I seen, seen that. I seen that. But I think you knew you were. I knew deep down you were still a good guy. No, I think you I didn't, didn't seem just kind of running, evil. Or like, Sorry. Go ahead.
1: I think you knew like he wanted more. More. Like I you were out. searching for more.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. I think he knew that.
2: Yeah. It was like manhood.
1: I think you knew Radar that. You were thing, questioning yeah. things, maybe. I
0: don't That's know. one of the things that me and Valerie talked about last night as well. Is that back then, I, I'm like, I, I think I, I got off track earlier. I said, I'm an emotional person, I'm a creative person. Um, I'm a very free spirit and like to lock a person like me in that and say, mm-hmm. no, you can't experience this. You can't experience that. You can't go out here. There's only so far you can think it's kind of right. like, well, no wonder I had all these issues. You know, right. I was, I was a, a creative free spirit trying to get out. And I yeah. didn't even know what that was. I did not know that I had to get out of that, right. you know, but that's what that was. And so. You know, I guess kudos to you, and I appreciate you seeing that in me. That means a lot. Oh yeah. Oh. So. Moment. Yeah, <laughs> moment. We had a moment, you know, but it's past. So. <laughs> okay, sorry. So for you, Deanna, it started kind of falling apart when you were a teenager, you know. But then you right. went to Bible college. Um, for what?
1: Okay, so I mean, I've listened to. I think I've listened to almost every episode of your podcast. So you and Valerie talk about, I think in one where you are constantly struggling, like wanting to do better, like be a better Christian all the time. Like at that point in my life, like nothing was going right for me. I was not successful at a regular college because I had no idea what I was doing. I couldn't socialize with people that well. Because I didn't know the things they knew about.
2: Hey, and you didn't know who you could trust. Hey, no, tell me no, you know how many people you graduated with.
1: No, shut up. No, shut yeah. up. Classy- no, no, I wasn't valedictorian. That's embarrassing. I was so salutatorian. <laughs> I didn't even get the highest one. Wait, how's that? My GPA. Okay. It blew his mind too.
0: <laughs> so you were salutatorian of a high class high. of one?
1: I was salutatorian of my graduating class. Woo, go Eagles.
0: <laughs> that is great. That's perhaps the best bit of information that I've learned today.
1: He brings that up to everybody. And he always gets it wrong. And I'm like, I didn't graduate top <laughs> of the class. I was second best. And it was just me.
0: <laughs> like, slow clap. Good job. You
1: like that.
0: Oh, oh man. That's wonderful. No, it's not. But you graduated from there.
1: Yeah, but it was just me.
0: But you in my class, four years there or two years.
1: Oh wait, no, I didn't. I got kicked out from Bible college. He's talking about. No, I didn't graduate. I got kicked out.
0: Oh, you're talking about from the Christian school.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. We confused.
0: Okay, you. I was thinking about college. Okay. No, no,
1: but like well,
0: I was there.
3: Were you there when I graduated? Yeah, yeah I was
1: there. Oh. Oh, yeah, you are. You are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, anyway. So after I finished my regular high school diploma or whatever, I went to a secular college and I did not do good because it was all so new. Like,
0: you were probably drastically underprepared.
1: Yeah. Well, like the thing was, I mean, Mitchell laughs when I tell him. Like, I had to go, like, when people would be talking about certain songs and stuff they grew up listening to, I had to go and Google it. And I'm like, what is this? I never heard this. So that's where I still
0: am to a degree because I missed so much and like cultural references and songs and stuff and be like, no, wait, what? Now, who? Right. Like, you don't get it. You know, like mainstream, really not obscure indie stuff, like mainstream stuff. And they're kind of like, wait, huh? Huh?
1: I don't remember that at all. Yeah. And it's and almost like you're
2: Amish or Mennonite. Yeah. yeah, yeah Y'all are very sheltered yeah. no reason. I just don't get it. I don't get all the rules that don't make sense. <laughs> Half the rules ain't in the Bible. I mean, like we had a, I got I heard a, a preacher boy. the other day say on um,
0: a YouTube thing. He said, Hey, newsflash. He was a, that type of preacher. And he said, Hey, newsflash, Jesus wore pants. Okay. Jesus wore pants. There's only one time it talked about him wearing a robe, and that's when they put a robe on him on the cross. So Jesus wore pants, okay? And like he was being for real, and I was like, "Bruh, they have pants? Did they have? I don't know. I don't know. They
3: might
0: have pants back then, <laughs> well, oh, they man. did. They had a form of pants, but they were called they were the King James labels them breeches, b-r-e-e-c-h, like breeches, and that's but okay. that's like your undergarments, and so right." Oh, yeah. you're skivvy. People wore robes. They wore robes. Everybody wore robes. Oh, ants wasn't a thing back then.
2: So, and like we, I got a, I have a Native American friend, and they came to that church visiting. After church, a preacher was picking on him about his long black hair, and said he ought to cut that. He never came back to that church.
1: Oh, it's Like
2: just stuff like that. Why? I mean,
1: because that's so. Mm-hmm. Like well, culture. do you
2: think some of
0: that though is probably the military mindset of so many of those guys? It's like a military high and tight, or do you think it's just the the, the Bible talks about long hair, and so you all mm-hmm. you all have, and like even even like what those people would call long hair is not even the long hair that the Bible talks about at all, like long. You know, people here in North in North America, it's kind of like everybody has, you know, or in that set, high and tight, like off your ears. And you heard this, I'm sure, Deanna, for the guys especially, like can't be touching your collar off the ears. And that's in all the Christian school rule books, all the ones that I know of anyway. And it's kind of like, right. but guys, that's not, that's not like long hair. You think they had uh, razor, like uh, clippers in the Bible? Like, mm-hmm. come on. How often do you think they cut their hair in, in like a beard? Like did I can't remember. Did we ever hear preaching against beards back then?
2: Oh yes, I, I remember. I remember it, the preaching at that church about long hair and beards. And I'm talking about like a whole sermon about in dresses and yeah, it blew my mind.
1: Yeah.
2: The whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, God don't care if you have long hair or not.
1: Mm. Or a beard, because he had a beard.
2: Probably did. I mean
1: No, I'm talking about you oh yeah
2: i had a beard when he was preaching <laughs> and, about that yeah looking at me yeah i mean my first my first my first time there i was i was raised in united methodist church my first my first i saw my first 10 minutes of my first sermon he's busting out I methodist know. jokes <laughs> about how they're not as good
1: as, or no
2: what do you say we just don't know what we're doing or something i
1: don't remember what it was it was a bad joke though
2: it was, it was terrible. It made me
1: mad.
2: I'm just,
3: I'm just like. Yeah, but
0: even back then it would have been like, well, if you got mad, that's on you because he's the man of God. and He can say what he wants. Right, right. I, I've just heard that logic too much. It's kind of like, well, yeah. you're the one that's wrong. So mm-hmm. yep. then it's almost kind of like what if, if we say something as the man of God, then it's on this. It's so weird, man. It's so, it's so culty um, because like the, the preacher says something, and it's like. not no matter what he says, if he says it, nobody, they'll, they'll not come out and say, well, it is the same exact thing as the word of God, but they will say, don't question it. Be loyal. You know, you're not right. encouraged to ask the preacher questions like, okay, now what did you say here? And like, what did you mean? Like, that's not even yeah. encouraged. That's what blows my mind is that, you know, I, I think it's a great, great thing to ask People that you think are more spiritual than you questions about what they believe. Why do you believe it? Where do you get that from? What part of the scripture? How do you interpret this? That's how you learn. But in an arena where you're discouraged from asking questions, even basic questions about the Bible or whatever, it's kind of like I mean, you're there's a there's a little song on TikTok, um, and it's kind of like go. It's a it's kind of a fun song. It's, it's kind of you know the beats are pretty good. At the very end of the song, it says. I'm picking up pretty sketch vibes. And like, that's the end of the song. It's kind of like, yeah, that's right. what I'm picking up too now. Um, yeah. Oh, so Sketchy. I
1: love it.
2: It's pretty um, much. Oh,
1: cool. yeah. Speaking of first, like he took me. Last year was the first time I ever dressed up for Halloween. That was a big deal for me. I did feel like I was doing like a major like.
0: Mm. Okay. What were you?
1: I was Beth Dutton from Yellowstone when she got beat up.
2: Hey, do you watch that? You don't.
1: Do you watch Yellowstone? Okay. Well, you wouldn't get the joke. I'm then, lost in the cultural. Have... Yeah. Yeah. So well, anyway,
0: you were dressed up.
1: Yeah, and I felt I. It was a bit like I. It, it made me nervous. Mm-hmm. I was weird the whole night, and we didn't do anything. We just took our kids trick or treating.
0: Yeah.
1: To a little community yeah. thing, and that was it. Serving but the, the whole devil. time. I'm like,
0: Serving the devil. The devil. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's all I was doing that night, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. that's what it felt like, anyway. Like
0: it's hard for me to distinguish many times because of the way I was. I mean, I've been out of it for a while now and thought on my own a little bit, but it's still hard for me when I come up on something like that to Mm -hmm. know how much of it, how much of this guilt here is the spirit of God, let's say, and how much of it is my conscience that was cultured cultivated in such a way to think that right. all of these things are wrong you know because it's still hard for me to know a lot of times yeah. you know because I do think if the spirit of God is speaking to you like hey whoop, whoop stop I think you'll right. listen to that but I just right. it's difficult to know which voice it is like is it me and my warped way of thinking or is it God you know do you find
1: that well, um, <laughs> I don't know how to word this, but like, I don't, do you know where I'm going with this? Cause I don't, I don't, well, I don't,
3: believing.
1: no, I don't know like how to even listen mm-hmm. to God speak to me. So I, I can't say that I feel right the way you do. Like,
3: mm-hmm. I got is you. it?
1: Is it him or is it me and the way I was raised? Like feeling the guilt. I only ever just feel the guilt because I was re- the way I was raised, and I don't know how to feel the other.
2: Hmm. It was. It was trained.
1: I was trained to feel it, but I don't know how to feel it. No, so No, you oh,
2: you were trained to think you were feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Oh, so right. you were
0: trained. I, I. think I see what you're
2: saying. He's never had a. Real, I don't word. Thanks. He's never had a. Relationship. Like a god,
1: yeah, like a real one.
2: But she was told she did.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I assume yeah. you said the prayer and you did all the things as a kid, or
2: something.
1: yeah, I did it like three times. But mm-hmm. what was that? I mean,
2: in front of everybody?
1: No, not in front of everybody. Well,
2: most of y'all stuff. Like the, oh, you're talking about like was the to call. put on a front. I feel like, yeah, some I mean, of it maybe not, yeah. but most of it was just to impress other people. I feel like the altar calls. So right now
0: you would just say that you're just, as far as God, his word, pastors, religion, all together, you're just, you don't even know where you're at. You're just kind of like, I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with all of this stuff.
1: I mean, I just don't know. I feel, <clears throat> I feel bad for saying this, especially to somebody like you it's weird to say it so other people will hear it because mm-hmm. it's a touchy subject for me and him mm-hmm. just because I don't believe in any mm-hmm. of it as mm-hmm. at this point in my life mm-hmm. and it's that's really
0: hard for you does. to say right here I, it, it was like it was a really hard to even come out of your mouth just to say that right
1: just because he's the only person I've ever told that and it's tough for him because he he is not the way I am in that aspect. And he wants to take our kids to church and go to church. And, but he wants me to go with them. If he wants it mm. to be a family thing. And I'm like, you can go, I'm not going. So it's a. And so
0: Mitchell a, on your side, you, you see the value in something real with God and Christ and all that stuff because you've, you've seen value in it, I'm guessing, right? I mean, you saw, felt things that were real, all that. And so on. On one hand, I guess I'm just trying to process this and and, and assess this, and and you tell right. me if I'm right. if I'm right or wrong. But so like on one side, you're like you know you're pushing like hey we need to do this or whatever. And I assume it's coming. I mean I I, I don't have any reason to think it's not coming from a good place. I think it's coming from a good place. But you know on the other side, you also have to give.
2: You have to give Deanna her space. I'm not, I'm not pushing. He's not. Yeah, I know. Uh, we talk about it every once in a while, and I know that where she's at. I know how she is stuck. Mm-hmm. And because I know why that, that whole, I don't know, the domination or church. The nominate. I don't know. The whole is the reason, and it pushed her away from
0: God. So like Very before true. she could ever really get started in something was real and something that was real. Like you had all this stuff that had, that was disguised as God, disguised as a relationship mm-hmm. with God, but really was just a system. Let's just be honest. It was just a, it was just a belief system that you could attach yourself to say the prayer, do the baptizing the b- baptism thing, get your Virgin. name on the roll. You're in the church. You're in right. the church. And it was this whole system. It was a system of religion, really, but it was just a system. And so now you're away from that system. It's kind of like.
1: Now what?
2: What?
0: You know, and Valerie, I I think it'd be so good if somehow you could talk to Valerie because Valerie. Uh, Yeah, she went through that pretty hard and heavy and like Valerie's deep philosophical. She she loves meaningful conversation. And like her faith, I say, is strong now. And she's constantly reassessing. I think that's one of the parts of faith is that you have to reassess how much of this is man-made stuff that I believe here and how much of this is faith, right? In God, in Christ. And I think it's, it's, it's not black and white. It is not black and white a lot of times because even things that you say, well, I have a verse for this. But do you? Because do you interpret that correctly? And that's what I look at a lot of times like, man, I remember when I went through all this question and I didn't question it as deep as Valerie did, if I can be honest, mm-hmm. um, because I do feel like I got saved. I said the prayer and all that stuff when I was a kid. And I do remember even when I was a teenager, when I had, you know, addictions and sins and stuff at the same time, I did feel a, a genuine guilt and sorrow, even I mean, I wasn't outed, nobody outed me. But I I felt guilty because I wanted something real with God. And I didn't really know that that was the barrier between me and that. But so when we left and came up here, I started to question. And when we stepped out of everything that was down there, you know, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden I didn't have all this responsibility. I wasn't a pastor of a church, I didn't have any responsibility to perform. So all those walls started breaking down. And so I had the crisis, right, of my identity, but it Mm -hmm. wasn't a crisis really. I guess it was a crisis of faith, but it wasn't like end of the world stuff. Like for Valerie, it was very much like, I don't know if I believe any of this crap. And if I can say that, it was like, I don't know, God, Jesus, religion, all of it, all of it. And it was very, very deep with her. And, I, and the thing is, is I, I hate this now, but when she was going through that, she was still it was like our first year when we lived up here and it was a transformational Mm -hmm. period in our lives. But the first year we lived up here, maybe even a year and a half, she was going through that and I still wasn't there for her. And like, so she was doing a lot of that on her own, but now that I look back on it, I wasn't where I should have been. And it's almost better that she went through it herself because I don't know where I would have let her because I didn't know much of it. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, man, I almost wish that you could talk with her like just it's
1: crazy just that she person. had, like, she feel felt the same way I, I do now. Yeah. It's crazy hearing that just because, you
0: know. well, she said this. Okay. So in our first year of living here, um, I had never preached in a church outside of an IFB church. And I'd also been told from earlier on, you know, Bible college, all that stuff, anything outside of that Southern Baptist wrong, Methodist, wrong, non denominational, they're all going to hell. I mean, there's no right. way. Right? right. So, but then I started getting invitations to preach as a fill in pastor. Right. And so mm-hmm. I started I remember the first time I preached at a Southern Baptist church. Oh, no, I, I specifically remember the first time I preached in a non denominational church. And I was scared to death because I was like, these people ain't saved, man. They're mm-hmm. all just heathens. They're all pagans. They're all, every one of them right and I preached there y'all and it was a small church but it was a non-denominational church Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking I just I think I just had the best church experience I ever had and it's from people that don't even say they're Baptist or whatever and it just like it blew my mind and that's what opened me up even more right yeah and I really I think it was it was now that I look back on it now it was transformational it was beautiful um But I never had the, well, you know, I think I'm about to walk away from God completely moment. I never had that. Mm -hmm. But Valerie told me during that time, she said, Josh, now she told me later, she didn't tell me during that time, but she told me later, she's like, Josh, if you had not been asked to go preach at these churches as the preacher, right. And if I, you know, Mm -hmm. she said, I would have, I would not have gone to church at all because I hated it. I didn't want to go right. to church at all because I didn't see any value in it. And she's like, I guess it's good, I guess, because you were asked to preach. But if you, if mm. I would not have been the preacher's wife, there's no way I wouldn't have gone because I hated it.
1: That's crazy to think about.
0: Yeah. So, mm. yeah it's, it hits real that, that slaps hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, well guys, I don't know where to go from here because we've talked about a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and I feel like Deanna, you have gotten, I mean, I don't know. You, you said, you know, you, this is the first time you really said this out in the open. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I I, I guess I have to give you kudos for being, for, for doing that, you know, and I feel like this is, this is part of my story. I feel like the, the key, one of the, one of the most important steps for healing and for growth is first being honest. Um, right. and that for me, like, you know, I've shared with you and I don't know how, I guess you've heard on this podcast here that I have a former porn addiction And I had all had all these issues. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it at the time. But one of the keys, one of the crucial steps for me getting out of that is this is going to sound mystical. I don't mean it in a mystical way, but Mm -hmm. it's speaking that out to other people and being honest and open and confessing that so much so that it takes the mystery out of it. And you can say like, hey, here's where I'm at here's where the issue lies. And it almost like it takes the power and the the mystery away where you can actually identify with other people and other people can say, yeah, I have, or no, I haven't, but I have had this. And it's kind of like, oh, wait, this is a very human experience. Like All right. there's other people out there. Mm-hmm. And like the power began to, I guess, drain away from that so much so that I, I could just speak that I be I can begin to speak that openly and it not be like, Oh, oh my gosh, we're all gonna die because you said that. Well, right. first of all, if you know how many people, I mean if you' all been out in the world, you know a lot of people struggle with the addiction that I just mentioned a lot right. men and women. Um, yeah. I saw a poll the other day. it's like thirty five percent of women now, right? So. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I'm not definitely not saying that's good. What I'm saying is, is that that's very human. And, and I guess that's what I'm saying to you is what you're going through is very, very human. Right. And it's very, you know, I think it's great that you said it, to be honest with you. I think it's great that you said that right here. And, um, you know, the goal for this podcast is not, well, let's just get on here and let's just talk about all this stuff. And let's just, you know, I don't want to make anybody mad. That's not what I'm right. here for. I don't, I'm not here right. just to poke the bear. Now, if I'm honest, sometimes I do post things on social media because I know mm-hmm. where I once was and I know the trigger. And mm-hmm. so I throw something out, out there and, and then my wife comes to me like, Josh, do you know what's happening right now in your Facebook posts? I'm like, yeah,
1: it it's great. Right. <laughs> no? Yeah, you do poke the bear. I know, but <laughs> it's easy I, to do.
0: It's easy to do. But I, 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 think it comes from, I think it comes from a good point of view in that I want you to be able to see. And if I have to poke the bear a little bit to get right. you to think a, a, a little bit, if, if it makes you mad at first, like, ah, it triggered me. But if you come back and you start thinking like, okay, wait, wait, mm-hmm. am I perhaps seeing this wrong? that's why this exists. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I think it's cool that me and Valerie can talk about this stuff. Yeah. I think it's, and this is the very first one of these interviews I've ever done. We've never done this. Like I sat here, we sat here with Stephen Allen uh, in person. Right. And we talked about our stories, but I've never done this before. And so you are the first, you are the pioneer for this. And so your honesty and your openness Here's what I think, and here's what I'm. I, here's what I, the magic trick. <laughs> I think that people that will hear what you have said, mm-hmm. I think it will be. I think when you hear stories like what you've just shared. Right. I I think yeah I mean maybe maybe you could call somebody to question maybe but I think more than anything, it opens people up to where they can. It, it almost authorizes them to be able to say the same thing like, oh, it takes the pressure off of right. them because somebody that they see, you know, no doubt, mm-hmm. somebody that knows you, that's still in it, Deanna,
3: mm-hmm.
0: somebody will, I have no doubt, will listen to this and they'll hear your story, some things that you've never said out in public. And they'll be like, well, dang, right. I'm going through the same thing. Right. And here's what I think will happen. I'm going to be the prophet here for a second. Um, I think that they'll come to you and I think that they'll say something like, I've been feeling the same thing, but I don't know who to talk to. Right. On my end, when I open up about my addiction, like so many times when I am with a lot of times it's with like a guy, like in person, when yeah. I open that door, most people are not going to open that door unless you first crack it open yourself. It's like, that's awkward. Right. That's really yeah. like, even if you say, Hey, I was a former alcoholic or a drug addict, like that's even easier to talk about than this. But when yeah. I opened the door and of course I would never say names of anything. And I, I don't want, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I, I can point out about me in the past that I, I really hated is that people and their stories became sermon points, became illustrations. and yeah. You never said their name, but everybody knew. Right. Right. Yeah. But in, in a generic way, I'll say there, there's been more than one, more than a couple people that I've opened up to and said, Hey, I've had this addiction in my life. I'm free of it now. Here's what's helped. And there's so right. many times when that person will bow their head and they'll be like, Yeah, me too. I'm going through that right now. Right. And, but what that does is that forms a bond because mm-hmm. they see me not like a guru of anything. But it's kind of like, hey, this person's gone through the same exact thing. There's somebody I, I think I can trust. Right. And that's what I think will happen with you.
1: And I think that's the only reason why I said it, because I, I feel like I felt that way growing up as a teenager a lot, too. Just mm-hmm. not, I don't know. I mean, you, uh, faking it till I made it, basically. But yeah. I, I, I wish somebody would have said that to me back then like it's okay i feel the same way i don't know i I don't believe in it i don't know you know whatever and i think that's the only reason why i felt like i should tell people like it's okay
0: i I heard a preacher say i don't remember who it was but he said something like this a faith that cannot be questioned cannot be trusted if you can't question your faith if you can't question the bible right You know, well, we've talked about people here, right? Unnamed. Mm -hmm. Um, People that say, don't question me, don't question me. Immediately now makes me want to question them. Um, And if you, if your faith, if you say, well, you can't question this, you can't question that. Well, that, that puts your faith on a pretty fragile uh, plane. Because if I can't question, well, then you're telling me it's shallow. So and right. if it's something shallow, I'm not going to trust in it. So now I right. know, and, and I, Valerie's at, at, at this, well, I mean, we're at similar places. It's like, you know, we feel like we can be questioned now and we can ask questions about what the scripture says. Well, is that really right? What the scripture said? Or is what that person said, right? And it not, the world is not going to fall apart. And as a matter of fact, it's great because if you can't question it, if you can't question it, well, how can you even begin? Well, imagine getting married, right? And be like, well, Mitchell, what do you think about? Oh, you can't question me. Don't question me. Well, Mitchell, what do you think about? Nope, sorry. Can't question. Right. It's like, well, you're never, ever going to build anything because you're never really going to know each other, ever. Right. Right. So, I, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the baseline is where you're at. It's kind of like, You know, I, I'm, my question is, I don't know if any of this is real. I don't know what I believe. It's like, you know, some people, and and the surely there'll be somebody else that listens to this and be like, Oh, the horror. Oh, Oh my word. You know, there'll be somebody that that says that or somebody will spread something. It's like, well, okay, well, that's fine. But those a lot, I think, I think the majority of people will, just laud you for just being honest and being willing to say, "Here's where I'm at," because I right. think that is where the path to wisdom and I would say to God begins is just right. being
1: honest. Yeah, agreed. So completely.
2: I was going to yeah. say something. I'm trying to think of how to word it. Yeah. Um, this might be. I might be worded it wrong. I think. At this point of her life, she is the most vulnerable.
1: Vulnerable.
2: Vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yeah. Of God, of God coming to her and right, grabbing on, you know. Right. Because it's almost there's probably a little bit of,
0: uh, we've been down this road. Nope. Oop. Nope. Uh, you know, because you know, you know what you've experienced, and what you've right. experienced is probably speaks louder. Than about anything because it's not theory like it's fact. These things happened, happened right. at the hand of religion, happened at the hand of pastors. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, right. So, yeah, there's. <laughs> it it would be almost awkward. It would be almost awkward if you just believe stuff just because somebody said it. Anyway, it would be almost awkward. Like you almost have to be that way right now. Right. You know? So,
3: yeah.
0: I mean, I, I could, I, I think I could say, and, and surely, I'm you know, I, I think I'm getting a read on where Mitchell is at. I think we would both advocate for being open to God, being open to his word. Um, yeah. And so, and I don't think you're even resisting that. You just have a hard time, kind of like what I was talking about with the movies or whatever. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know, this is real, so I don't know who I can trust. And that's probably a big one for you. You don't, you don't know who you yeah. can trust. And so right. You know, but I, I think, well, I, at least on my, I can't say anything on your end because I'm not you, but I can say on my end and on Valerie's side that on the other side uh, is, is life and there is hope. And I, this is something I, I don't know if I have thought about it or if it's just something, of, um, a combination of things that I've heard, but I think that the world runs on hope. And I think if you have a terrible day, let's say, if you have a terrible mm-hmm. day, it's, it's just gone to crap and the kids are uh, demons and, uh, you know, like kids can become and, and, you know, the finances don't work and you have an argument with your spouse or all these things. If the, if the world just falls apart on one day, I think the reason you can get up the next day is because there's just a little bit of hope that the next day will be better.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: And I think. You know, just you saying, I think the fact that you've said these things and been honest, I think is hope, I think is a picture of hope in and of itself, because I think you have a little bit of hope that maybe there is something real, not the man-made systems. You've already had your full of that. You've had plenty of that. So much so that you're just kind of like, stay out. But I think there's some hope maybe on your end. Maybe things could work out, and you're just trying to feel around, you know,
1: yeah, right, yeah, basically,
2: um, I think she she learned a lot from it life lessons, yeah, like what Jordan Peterson is probably I'm not gonna wear it like him because he's over my head, but he said <laughs> yeah, me too, to understand too. to understand evil, no to understand good, you must first understand evil. And mm-hmm. I think she's seen the evil. Mm-hmm. And now she knows what the good could look like. Yeah. I don't know if she's searching for it yet.
1: No, no, no I'm not searching for anything.
2: But I think I think God will will show her eventually. When she gets ready.
0: Got mm-hmm. word all well, that right? One of the ways that he says a, a version of what you're saying is that what you desire most, and this is so, man, this is so potent when you really think about it. What you desire most out of life is usually where you most, is is usually where you least want to look. And it's like the things that you want the most, you actually have to go to the place that you don't want to go. And he uses the metaphor of the old, you know, the medieval, uh, the knights, you know, and let's go slay the dragon, you know, because the dragon has the gold. Right. Um, Or where is the uh, what do they what do they say? Where's the Holy Grail? Well, the Holy Grail is where you at least want to look. It's in the deepest cave. It's like there may be a dragon down there. You might die. You might. You can't get the
2: gold without the dragon. You can't get
0: the gold. You can't get the Holy Grail without going and fighting the dragon. And that is, gosh, that's a painful thing because you're looking at your own mortality like this may do me in. Really, it may do me in. But if you want to go forward in life, and you and I, I think it's something not just you, but I think it's something we all have to face. Is like, you know, if we want to have a good life, if we want to be a decent person, if we want to matter, um, we've got to go do the things that we least want to do. We have have to. This is probably the most painful thing for me. We have to often say things that we don't want to say, oftentimes to people that we don't want to talk to, right. um, and you know, we have to open up and gosh, it's just so awkward. Um, I heard a preacher say this uh, probably about six months ago when we were in a church search. Um, And I've never forgotten this. Actually, we just heard this guy preach once or twice, but he said this, he's like, peacekeeping is different than peacemaking. It's like to keep, to keep the peace. Like if you're in a relationship, right. Mm -hmm. And there's something that really needs to be said, but you know, it's going to cause a fight. And so what do you do? You know, you just say what needs to be said to keep the peace. Like, oh well, you know, it's it's not really a big deal. Right. And you keep the peace, keep the peace. The whole time there's this thing that it keeps happening day after day after day and it just irritates you about your person, right? Well, if it happens every day, it's something that needs to be fought about. It needs to be out in mm-hmm. the open. It needs to be said. Right. You need to have the talk, even if it blows up. Because that's the only way you can go forward. You know? And mm-hmm. that is keeping the peace. Like the Bible says in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. It's kind of like, you know, making peace often looks like war, right? Right. You have to go to war to make the peace You keep it and be like, okay, well, we'll make these political moves and we'll say these things. But making the peace looks like doing the thing you don't, you don't want to do and saying the thing you don't want to say to the person you don't want to talk to because, you know, it's holding you back. Right. So, anyway, I, that's a version of what I think, you know, you're talking about, Mitchell. Yes. Yeah, I,
2: I, you had it on the
0: – now on the head. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of him, and he's helped me out a lot. So – Yeah, I do, too. Yeah. So, anyway, guys, I really appreciate your time. I really do. Thank you for oh, being yeah. here. Um, thank you for opening up. I right. think because you come from such different backgrounds – and I was thinking about this earlier. Mitchell, you were the fly on the wall. Deanna, you were the fly in the trap. <laughs> so, exactly. Yes. It, and I, I feel like that's a good metaphor because it's like, you it's, know, you were buzzing around, right? Yeah. Trying not to die. Yeah. And, and he's uh, like, you know, Mitchell, <laughs> you were the fly on the wall. Like, man, I hope she doesn't die, you know. And then so then yeah. you got married. So that's how I you, tell say you your...
1: <laughs> all the time. The only reason why he married me is because he thought you know, because they are very strict with a meek, quiet, submissive wife. And he thought that's what he was going to get if he kicked me out of the church. And that's not well, what he got.
0: at all. That is not what he got, is it? No. No, she was. <laughs> hey, do you know that Valerie wrote an article on that the making quiet spirit thing kind of debunking did, people? Did she? Yeah. My on, girl on my uh, website, she dives right into that. So many times people take a Bible verse and they'll build a whole doctrine on it and they'll say, Oh yeah, here's what you're supposed to mean. And it's not, it's not right. what this what that means. And so right. but anyway, funny.
1: Yeah. I'll have to read it. Yeah,
0: it's it's very, it's very interesting. So um he
1: picks on me all the time for not being
0: submissive, weak, and quiet and submissive.
1: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I
0: do like. I won't spoil it for you, but it's a it's a good article to read because it talks about what that actually is. What is making quiet? And, you know, because. Yeah. So anyway. Um, But anyway, thanks, guys, for being here. Thanks for taking time out of your day and looking forward to us talking in person very soon. Yeah. 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 We need to plan that. So we'll catch you next time. And um, thanks.
1: Thank you. All
0: right. right, See you. all Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening this time around to this episode of Daylight and Dark. I hope you'll do the thing. Do the thing you know how to do and subscribe. If you happen to be one of those Apple people, rate it on the podcast. It helps us a ton. But if you really want to help us boot, scoot, and boogie on this thing, share it around. Uh, For more content, be sure and listen to our other episodes found here or follow me, uh, Josh, on TikTok or YouTube. Uh, Visit the website if you want. I don't care. Just do your thing. We'll post the links in the show notes if you want to do that. Uh, For Daylight and Dark Podcast, I am Josh. Grace and peace to you.